Now, brothers and sisters, the performers back there, well, they can hear you. So the louder you guys are, the better this show's gonna be. So ladies and gentlemen, let's give it a try. It's showtime! Believe it or not. The bizarre, the unexpected. Unbelievable? Believe it. Ripley's Believe It or Not. Incomparable, inimitable, illimitable, inestimable, introducer of immeasurable, incalculable, incredible impossibilities. Welcome to Ripley's Believe It or Not cast, the podcast that brings you deep into the strange, the bizarre, and the unusual. I'm Ryan Clark. And I'm Brent Donaldson. So, Ryan, earlier this year, I had the opportunity to hang out on a tour bus with a pretty interesting cast of characters for a not cast assignment. So for several hours on a cold gray night, I hung out with the performers and crew from the Hell's a Poppin' Sideshow Review. Hell's a Poppin' is a theatrical rock and roll circus stunt show where some pretty outrageous stunts are performed to a live audience against a backdrop of music, mainly heavy metal and hard rock. So much like our interview with Father Lambert at St. Michael Church that we featured last week, this was definitely one of the more memorable experiences I've had so far for the Notcast. So picture a cramped tour bus packed with self-proclaimed human oddities, sword swallowers, fire breathers, glass eaters, and vaudevillian-style performers, all getting ready to take the stage to put on a show. It was definitely an experience to remember. Oh, yeah, that just sounds awesome. It's a shame. I was actually having to work my day job and couldn't be there, but it just sounds like a blast. Yes, we, we missed you. But um, yeah, it was uh, something else. I definitely saw some stuff. But I was there to meet and interview a man who bills himself as the world's shortest daredevil stuntman. He's been featured in Ripley's books. He's appearing on one of this season's episodes of the Ripley's TV show. He's performed all over the world as an acrobat, a uh, fire breather, and a human applause meter. He's, quote, the greatest half-man sideshow performer in the world, the one and only Short E Dangerously. Shorty, uh, which is the name he typically goes by on the road, was born with a condition that caused the lower half of his body to be amputated when he was two and a half years old. As a result, he's three foot three inches tall and walks on his hands. But other than that, his day-to-day life, at least when he's at home, is pretty typical. He's had an apartment in Daytona Beach, Florida, and lives completely independently. He drives a car and does all the typical daily things we all do, and he does them without assistance. But what makes him unique is his ability to perform amazing stunts of strength and balance. I mean, he does stuff that I couldn't do, you know, or, or wouldn't do. You know, take his showstopper, for instance, where he'll launch himself from a ladder onto a tray of broken glass that's on fire. These stunts are real and the pain is real. Yeah. So let's start with a clip from a recent performance to give everyone a taste of what Shorty's signature act is like. First, you're going to hear Bryce the Governor Graves, who is Hell's a Poppin's founder, manager, performer, and MC, introducing Shorty's signature act, uh, which Ryan just described. So picture a packed club with a spotlight shining center stage on Shorty, who is on top of a ladder with a tray of broken glass several feet beneath him. He is the most famous sideshow performer in the world today. Please welcome back my half-brother from another mother, Mr. Short E. Dangerously. 
what was it like? Um, so you jump from when you're doing the glass. Uh huh. You're from a, a chair. Uh, chair or ladder. Down into a tray of broken. Was it beer bottles or what? Broken Just, wine bottles, liquor bottles. Mm-hmm. What was it like doing that the first time? Uncomfortable. And it still is uncomfortable sometimes. Now, well, you got there a few souvenirs from our trip to the Jersey Shore. I promise you the glass is real. And to prove it to you, we're going to smash a bottle of uh, Taka Extra Dry Distilled London Dry. It's It's dry. How can it not be? Like, are your hands just made of shoe leather or what? Well, no, my hands are very callous. They are, but that doesn't help me. I, I still get cuts from time to time. I still bleed. In fact, I've got a piece of glass permanently in my hand right now. Really? That uh, is, It's a super small piece, <clears throat> but uh, my body just absorbed it, and now it's, it's part of me. So, um, you know, the calluses do help in terms of a buffer, but, yeah. you know, it's still... It's, you know, people, how do you do that? Very carefully, you know. Right. So there's no trick to it. Like, you're really just doing that, and that's it. You just have to... I don't want to say there's not a trick, because there there's not a trick. Yeah. It's not a trick, like a magic trick right. or anything like that. It's a... It, there's a technique. Okay. And it has to do with what you're feeling and what you where you can go and where you can't go and knowing the difference of where you can walk and where you can't walk and mm. and that sort of thing. Oh, do it over time, do it over time, do it over time. Drop it, do that one too. You got it. Well, you got the first one. Come on, two, the second one. Here we go, here we go. Blood, blood, blood. Oh, yeah! <laughs> Taught it a lesson two times. Teach it a lesson. It's gonna learn. Uh-huh. Holy that was pretty crazy to watch in person. Um, when I was there, I saw several people covering their eyes right before he jumped. It was nuts. So it's interesting. In researching Shorty, I found a 2017 National Geographic article and photo series by photographer Brian Lehman. This piece stated that everyone could learn a lot from Shorty's outlook on life, and it presented Shorty as a great example of someone who doesn't use his condition as an excuse to sit at home and feel sorry for himself. Okay, so so um, there's a quote from him where he said, um, he believes there's a lot to learn from your outlook. He said, Shorty is a great example of not sitting at home and feeling sorry for yourself, and instead just pushing forward like everyone should. So has that always been true about you or growing up was pushing forward something that you really had to work on? No, pushing forward was not, I didn't have a choice. Yeah. Like I wasn't raised that way. You know, my parents split up when I was five. So my mom, obviously, you know, single mother, that sort of thing. And she, she cut me zero slack. Mm. And, uh, so I, I don't know any different and I was taught, you know, to live my life. And no one's going to feel sorry for you. And if you want it, you got to do it yourself. You got to earn it. But his mom was a Lutheran minister, and that was a challenge. Shorty was a skateboarder, kind of a skate punk and a rebel by nature. He says he got into trouble as a teenager, sometimes where the cops got involved, and it didn't help that his father wasn't around. But after reconnecting with him after his mother passed away 14 years ago, Shorty's father has become one of his biggest fans. So you had support. I had a lot of support growing up, yeah. 
Was your dad in the picture too? No, not really. Uh, and that that was due to some other situations. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my mother passed away maybe uh, probably 14 years ago this year. And when she passed away, I reached out to my father and we reconnected. Hmm. And since then, we haven't gone more than two weeks without talking to each other. So, wow. And we see him. We'll go through his play. We'll stop and see him a couple times a year uh, up at his place up in Michigan. We'll go hang out for a week or a month or whatever sometimes. Wow. Um, and so uh, he, he lets all the neighbors know he, I'm coming on and circus is coming to town and all that. <laughs> so, and... He, he's very he's 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 not supportive in the fact where he comes to all my shows every time but he supports me in his own way he supports us in his own way and me especially uh, like whenever we need to store anything at, at his farmhouse we store our vehicles there coming through the area you know I see him and all that and he's always but he, he's not a fan of my rock and roll lifestyle if you will he's a very conservative He's the poster boy for they didn't make them like they used to. Okay. And as far as he's concerned, they stopped making cars in 1969. All right. So. You might have an argument there. Before his sideshow career, Shorty worked as a DJ at a strip club, a job he held for 15 years. He said he developed two different personas during this time, a normal version of himself and then the DJ Shorty persona, which was definitely a more exaggerated version. And that version became addicted to pills and alcohol. Uh, before I got in a sideshow back in 2012, I was a strip club nightclub DJ for 15 years. Mm. So there were two personas in that. There was Shorty and there was DJ Shorty. Well, DJ Shorty developed a pill problem and a drinking problem that carried over into Shorty's life. Okay. And uh, that's where things got really blurred. And I, I, I didn't know which way was up and who was who. Mm. <clears throat> so I uh, took... I, I literally the only person I told was the manager of the club I was working at that I was leaving for a couple of weeks and I booked a plane ticket up to my family's up at my father's house in Michigan I packed my hand controls my driving seat a stick of deodorant and a week's worth of clothes and I left for two weeks just mm. to go get clean fi- figure out who I was again get back to where people knew who I really was and didn't have any expectations of me or anything like that. So uh, I I did that. That was back in like 2010, I believe. And I kind of got my head straight and got pointed in the right direction again. And uh, there hasn't been too much of that with this because... So that worked. It did. You did that. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. It's like people go to rehab for months. Yeah. For pill problems. And yeah. It doesn't work. No, I, I went to my own rehab. My, my own rehab, Devil's Lake in Michigan. I mm. uh, you know I just just get away from it because if if I don't want to do something I don't do it. Um, so I left the pills at home, and I left the computers at home. I got a I got a a, 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 a disposable cell phone, so nobody could get a hold of me. I just cut myself off from all of that for about two weeks, and then went home and was clear headed again, and mm-hmm. and uh, stayed and stayed away from it. You know so. But then my career in the DJ world started fading. The money was not what it used to be. And I was looking for other opportunities and World of Wonders came along. Shorty paid his dues as a stage performer with a long-running sideshow called World of Wonders, where he also started out there as a DJ. One day, one of the owners asked if Shorty wanted to be a part of the act. 
first thing I started with is uh, I was the DJ in the show. I played all the music. Uh, and I remember one of the owners of the show came up to me. He's like, you know, can you do a handstand? And I'm like, yeah, what do you want? You know, what kind of handstand? Mm-hmm. He's like, I don't know, just a handstand. I'm like, okay. So I kind of thought about it. And I'm like, well, how am I going to present this? So I came up with an, a stunt, an act that I still do to this day. It's my opening act on the show. I call it the human applause meter. And when I count to three, audience starts screaming, and the louder they are, the higher in the handstand I go. Do we have a deal? Sometimes I'll fall, sometimes I won't. And then if they're really loud, I'll give them an extra one on the end. Yeah, because if they're not, that's going to be really hard for you to do, right? Hold yeah. Hold yeah. laterally. Yeah, so, I, uh, so there, there's only been one show this tour where it was funny because I got in the stance and I go to do it and I go, one, two, three. And they're like, whoa. <laughs> And I, I literally, I, I started to go up, and then I came down, and I looked at him, and I went, I gave him kind of a, I, like a, what, like, really? And then I go, one, two, and then they, you know, and that's that's what we're going for. So. What is your, um, what is your range of things that you do now? Like, can you just kind of walk through, like. <laughs> hey, Andrew. <laughs> you're snoring, bud, and we're trying to record. You're snoring. Huh? You're snoring. No, you're snoring. Anyway, stop snoring. <laughs> so that was pretty hilarious. Um, like I mentioned, I thought everyone had cleared off the bus uh, so Shorty and I could do this interview. And then out of nowhere, this loud snoring appears right above my head. It was the sword swallower who had been asleep in there on a bunk the whole time. So anyway, that experience with Worlds of Wonder led to Shorty making his name as a performer and participating in Hell's a Poppin'. Bryce the Governor Graves remembers hearing about Shorty from the performers at Worlds of Wonder. He knew he wanted to see what Shorty was all about. Well, when I first met him, he was as green as they come. And I mean as green as they come. And you'll, I mean, watch tonight. You, I mean, it'll speak for himself. Uh, you know, but uh, he has progressed and tremendously. Now I had to kick his ass a lot to get him to progress. But once he realized the potential that he had, you know, then it just, he took it more serious, you know? And, um, then when he started getting the response from the fans, he even took it even more serious, you know, because at first I think he, he, I don't even think he really knew how far he could go in this business. Let's listen to Shorty talk about being a traveling performer, what life is like on the road and how it compares to his home life back in Daytona beach. What's that like? What's the road like? What it, was it like for you? The road's fun. Uh-huh. It, well, it's a, it's a love-hate relationship. Yeah. Uh, the tour is going great. Everything's going smooth. No major issues. But at the same time, you're ready to be done. Yeah. It's, 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 it's literally, it is a constant grind. Uh, you don't sleep much. You don't eat much. You do laundry when you can. You sleep when you can. You shower when you can. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you're not sleeping, you're working. But you like it though. Like I you love and I it. were just talking before, like yeah, that you you you'd rather be touring than than at home. Oh, absolutely. 
like, yeah, my home life is very boring. I don't have anything to do when I'm home. Mm-hmm. So this keeps me busy, uh, keeps me mostly out of trouble. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, uh, but uh, I, there's nothing in the world I'd rather be doing. My dream job as a kid was always to be a rock star. And uh, this is as close as I'm going to get to it without playing an instrument. Who did you want to be? Somebody in particular or just your own rock star? I just star? wanted to be famous. I, I, you know, I didn't care. I didn't, I wanted to be on my own, you know, obviously, but I just, I, I wanted to be in front of an audience on stage. I, I always joke, you know, people stare at me all the time, you know, and now I get paid for them to st- They get, they got to pay to stare at me <laughs> and I'm going to do some cool stuff while I do it. And so, yeah, Shorty gets paid to do cool stuff at venues in cities around the country and around the world. The performance I saw was Packed. It was a sprawling multi-venue complex kind of known as a biker bar located outside of Cincinnati, Ohio. Here's how Shorty describes what Hell's a Poppin' is all about. Well, it's just, it's a it, it's a rock show. It's a rock concert. Uh, the band Mushroomhead, they're from Cleveland. Uh, they're a metal band, hard rock band. So it's very much like a rock concert. And we are just, uh, we are the opening act, or I should say one of the opening acts for Mushroomhead before they go on. And it's uh, going to be an hour-long show where we're going to feature the most dangerous and deadliest stunts and sideshow, um, all without it showing any blood, hopefully, or any pain. And um, it's going to be, it's all set to rock and heavy metal music, so it's a perfect fit. You know, we're kind of an underground circus, if you will. <laughs> this is known as the homemade lobotomy. Thrills. Chills. And sometimes Dr. Bills. Here we go. This is the show you came to. (laughs) You guys still having a good time so far. (laughs) All right. Can you just talk a little bit about um, your show itself? Like what people will actually see? They're going to see sword swallowing. They're going to see fire eating, fire breathing. Uh, they're going to see uh, a man drive skewers through his face, through his throat, through his bicep, possibly through his hand if he feels like it. Okay. Um, they're going to see a man put a power drill in his nose while it's running. Okay, good. Uh, they're going to see another gentleman run a corkscrew drill through his face, both sides. Uh-huh. Uh, they're going to see me walk on broken glass while it's on fire with my hands. Uh, they're going to see one of the top ten freestyle yo-yo artists in the world. Nice. Derek Cockrum. You're designing a, a an experience, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's it's about an experience and a presentation. And and this one uh, this one's probably going to hurt a lot, so... <sighs> We'll see how that goes. Uh, don't say that. Uh, all right. So, out of every stunt or um, or whatever that you've ever done, whether that was on stage or whether you were by yourself and nobody was there to see it, what's the most perfectly executed stunt you've ever done? Something that was just like made you think, "Holy crap! I can't believe I just did that." <clears throat> Um, I guess it would say be the first time that I breathed fire because it was something I always wanted to learn because I thought it was really cool. Mm-hmm. 
You know, how cool is he? Spit fire out of your face. I mean, what's yeah. more metal and rock and roll than that? Absolutely. You know, um, so the first time I did that and was able to do that on my own after my the person that taught me to do it, I was I was like, holy wow, man, I really really pulled that off. You know, so what does that entail? Like uh, for people that don't know how to breathe fire. Um, I prefer mean? not to discuss that. Okay, because that's a bit of a trade secret. Yeah, and I don't want to anybody to get any misinformation or wrong information. How about this? How dangerous is it? It's quite dangerous. It is very dangerous. You're you're putting some sort of fuel into your mouth and the idea is to not ingest it and spit it. You're spitting it at fire at a torch in front of your face and if the wind isn't going in the right direction you could burn your face. You could be seriously disfigured, maimed, whatever you want to call it. It's very dangerous. Anytime, anytime you're messing with fire, it's always danger. So when he's not spitting fire and touring with a sideshow, Shorty has his own house in Daytona Beach. We asked him if he'd rather be at home or on the road or whether it just depends on the day. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the, the third answer. It depends on what day. What uh, depends on the day. Yeah. Somebody asked me. Uh, right now, I'm glad I'm where I'm at. Hmm. When the days aren't so easy and little more stressful that's when i'm wishing i'm at home or with my lady friend or whatever you know i don't you know do you have a lady friend right now i do and she's back in daytona no she's in uh, texas okay so when tour is over i'm gonna go see her all right cool what's home like apartment house uh two bedroom house 10 minutes from the beach nice big screen tv big stereo stupid stereo what do you do when you're at home nothing (laughs) As little as possible. It's good. That's good work if you can get it. Yeah. Well, yeah, but the thing is, is that the, when the money run out, runs out, then I got to go back on the road, so. Yeah. How does that work? Like, do you, if <coughs> if that starts to happen, do you do you try and put a tour together, or do you just t- do, try and time it so the tours work out when you need when, them to be there? When we break for tour, we usually have an idea of when we're going to go out next. So I set kind of a budget for myself a little bit. You know, if I go over under a little bit, um, if it's getting to a point where I'm starting to run out of money and I'm leaning money, <clears throat> um, I'll book a private gig for myself, a one-off, I call uh. them. Um, last year, I did one with uh, uh, a radio station in Orlando. So it was a 13-minute set for a holiday party. It was quick money, drove down, did the thing, came home. And it was in my account the next day, so... Okay. I was wondering about that, if you had to take side jobs or anything like that. When needed. Um, you know, and that's the nice thing that... Um, I, I'm exclusive to Hell's a Poppin' in the sense of if there's another touring show out there, I can't go with them. Another side show, I don't go with them. But any, like, one-off corporate things or any static things, I'm free to do whatever, I, you know. I'm not restricted in that sense. So what what do you do when you're home? Like, what do you do to have fun, relax, hobbies? I I play a lot of video games. I watch a lot of Netflix and Hulu. I smoke a lot of marijuana. Mm -hmm. Um, Up until last year, I'd hang out with my dog. Oh. Um, Sorry, what happened to your dog? She passed away. She was 15. Okay. So I wear a necklace around my neck that's got her ashes in it, and I also have a tattoo on my chest of a paw print with her name and her ashes are mixed in the ink. Oh. So, yeah. Um, what is the most ingenious adaptation 
you've ever made, like for doing stuff around the house or routine daily stuff or whatever? Um, I don't really have any adaptations. I have a footstool. I have a stool. Okay. That's a, that's like my only adaptation I have in my house is a stool so I can get up on the counters. All right. Or like to reach in the freezer or whatever. And even then I don't reach, I don't use it to, you know. So, yeah, my house, there's no like accessible, there's no like accessible showers. There's no, no. And that's by choice. Well, it, it, I just don't need it. Don't need it. Yeah. It's, you know, I, I know I have my own way of doing things mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it, you know. And it works for me, you know. I don't need, you know, like no handles in the bathtub or any of that. You know, it's yeah, just regular house. Yeah, uh, I I used to be a lot more active. I know that. Um, I know that I can't quite physically pull off the things that I used to be able to. Is is the stuff that you do taking a toll? Yeah. 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 Um, it, 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 you know, my mom always said so I was always doing skateboarding and crazy stuff when I was a kid and she's like you need to slow down you're gonna be crippled when you're older you know your body's not meant to do that nah 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 whatever I'm gone on my skateboard or something you know flying throwing myself a loading dock you know four feet high you know look at that you know and so uh yeah you know and obviously you know as I'm getting older I I do realize that I, I do have a bit of a shelf life um Hopefully that's not for the next five or ten years, and I, I know it's coming. So when that time comes, I'll step back and move into more of a behind-the-scenes production management. Maybe go be tour manager for a band because mm. I've done that on this show before. I learned how to be a tour manager, and okay, when when that happens, that'll be when I physically can't do this anymore. So they say the show must go on, but every performer knows the showbiz life can't last forever. So here's Shorty's friend, the governor, talking about a conversation Shorty had with his father about learning more of the business side of things. His dad was talking to him. and He's like, you know, Shorty, you can't be a performer forever. You should really start learning how to produce these shows. So he's like, you know what, Dad, you're right. So he came to me and he's like, hey, man, I really want to learn how to start producing. And I was like, all right, well, I could certainly use the help. So he stepped up uh, one tour and he he was working as road manager and he wanted to learn how to advance all the shows and deal with the venues directly and, you know, getting payouts. And then he went from that where he shines as being a production manager and he handles all of our production top to bottom. The second we walk into the venue, he's on it. He talks to our point of contacts. He sets all the production up. He still handles payment. Uh, and the other cool thing is he keeps our entire crew in line. You know, you mess up, he's going to find your ass. And he does. But we have, I know it sounds funny, but it's, it's and it's kind of ridiculous, but we have a roommate agreement on top of the contract. And we've learned over the years, you know, we've put together a roommate agreement because just silly things like take a bath every day, clean up after yourself, put your shoes away, you know, yeah, no, no bumming cigarettes or don't bum money, you know, I mean, just silly, stupid things that are common sense. But our buddy Trickster always says common sense ain't so common. So when and it's the thing is, we have to keep a structure and, and clear, clear minds and and shorty keeps that he keeps the order you know i run the business and he runs the crew and the performers and uh, and all the production so but that that might surprise some people because he's not just a performer he's a producer as well 
and he's a damn good one. So there you have the sort of touring version of Shorty and the domestic version as well. Here's how he describes the difference between the two. I, I, I don't know if I'd say there's two sides okay. uh, because the character I am on stage and the persona I am on stage is who I am just turned way up mm-hmm. to 11, if you will. Mm-hmm. You know, Aaron Shorty, he's just the guy, you know, guy from the Midwest living in Florida, you know, doing his thing. And uh, if you like him, that's great. You'll sit down, he'll have a smoke with you, he'll talk with you, drink with you, whatever. Um, and if you don't like him, that's fine because he really doesn't care. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where I'm at you know I don't you know you can like me or not that's fine with me you know I'm not for everybody I'm not everybody's cup of tea and I get that and that's fine and then when I'm on stage uh, he's the guy that doesn't care he zero F's given still doesn't care still doesn't care but even even Even, more even more so uh, he'll kiss your wife on the mouth and make you watch you know, and he feels no pain. He has zero regard for his personal safety. He will go out there and sacrifice everything as long as the audience screams. And he he wants to be loud and he wants to be aggressive. And it's high energy. It's in your face. It's like I'm going to just beat your ass for 15 minutes while I'm up there. This was a different one for me, as I wasn't there for the show, but but I found Shorty's story to be not only entertaining, but inspirational. It makes me want to go out and see one of those shows and definitely hang out with him afterward. Yeah, you missed it, man. I'd like to thank Shorty and the entire Hell's a Poppin' cast and crew for making the time and for letting me take a sneak peek into the life of a traveling sideshow. You know, Ryan, they let me hang out on the bus while they were preparing to take the stage. And without giving away any trade secrets, I'll just say that the preparation that goes into some of these acts is maybe even crazier than the acts themselves. But you can see all this for yourself by catching them on tour. Just go to hellsapoppin.com for tour info. Okay, you know, Ryan, you can visit our website, Ripley's.com, to learn about Shorty's inspiration. Believe it or not. Johnny Eck, an early 20th century performer who was also billed as a half man. Eck was famous in his day, starring in movies and even performed at the Ripley's Believe It or Not Auditorium at the 1933 Chicago World's Fair. So now we've come to the part of the podcast where we discuss misconceptions about some aspect of the topics we've covered. We call it the or not portion of the show because this is where we put modern day facts to the test because you can't always believe what you hear. This week, we learned about a talented performer who pushes himself to the limit, no matter his physical disability. He's inspiring, and he's proud of the work that he does. For hundreds of years, performers like him have entertained the masses in sideshows and the circus. One of the most famous of those performers was John Merrick, also known as the Elephant Man. Merrick, who died at the age of 27, suffered from a rare, horribly disfiguring bone disorder that causes asymmetrical growth of body parts. He was exhibited in a sideshow for many years and achieved international fame. Since Merrick died in 1890, his skeleton has been studied at Queen Mary University of London's medical school. It was not, as many believe, 
purchased by musician Michael Jackson in the late 1980s. But it's easy to see how some could be confused. Jackson admitted to identifying and being fascinated by Merrick's story, and he even traveled to visit the Bones in London several times. Representatives said Jackson tried to purchase the Bones for up to $1 million in 1987, though Jackson himself would later deny it. But he did dance with the Bones in animated form in the 1988 video to his song, Leave Me Alone. He did not, however, own the Bones. Still, the memory of these legendary sideshow performers remains. And as long as there are brave and talented showmen like Shorty, it seems there will always be a show, one that we at Ripley's will always be here to cover. Believe us or not. Ripley's Believe It or Not cast is produced by myself, Ryan Clark, and Sabrina Seek. Our executive producer is Amanda Joyner. The Notcast is recorded at the historic Herzog Studio in Cincinnati, Ohio, home of the nonprofit Cincinnati USA Music Heritage Foundation. Today, Herzog provides a wide range of musical experiences, a gallery space, instruments, books, a repair shop, events, and used vinyl. In fact, Herzog Music was recently named one of the coolest record stores in America by Mental Floss. Visit Herzog in person or sign up online at herzogmusic.com. That's H-E-R-Z-O-G music.com. The Notcast intro theme was put together by Colton Cruz, and our ending theme song is by the band Wussy. As always, if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and tell your friends or leave a review wherever you get your podcasts. If you have comments, questions, or ideas, email us at notcast at ripleys.com or tweet at ripleys. Be sure to catch the Notcast next week when we bring you the conflicted life of one of the world's greatest inventors and how his actions led to the creation of the electric chair. That's next week on Ripley's Believe It or Notcast. Ladies and gentlemen, the moment you've all been waiting for, the world record for lifting the most weight using the human eye sockets, ladies and gentlemen. There's